0: Ah, you know the good old car crash. The good old car. Let's go back to the car let's crash. Go back to the car crash, gentlemen.
1: After yeah. it's happened, especially if in the moment we haven't, we have not succeeded in being prudent in the mm-hmm. sense of turning to the reality and just being honest. Like this mm-hmm. is what happened. Well, the further we get from that thing, if we allow ourselves sometimes, we can begin to sort of retroactively, selectively decide what we remember about yes. a situation in life. Welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi. I'm Father Peter Grodi. And we're back again with you. We thank you for joining us for this discussion. Um, you know, Members of the Coming Home Network that are watching, as well as anyone who's new to this audience, um, we've been really enjoying this conversation about uh, life in Christ and about virtues, and we hope you have as well. Um, as a reminder, again, let me give the context for this discussion. Again, the Coming Home Network is a network uh, of um, people who have come home to the Catholic Church from various Christian uh, and non-Christian traditions, and so uh, the Coming Home Network is about uh, us sharing uh, the, the Catholic faith uh, through our stories and, and through our various resources. Um, but within the network are people at all sorts of different places in their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. You know, We've got the people who have, who have come home to the Catholic Church uh, as, as, they, as they see it, other people who are uh, getting ready to become Catholic, and others still who are maybe just asking questions, maybe just seeing the Catholic Church in a new light, um, and we're not here as a network to push, pull, or prod anyone in their spiritual journey, but we're walking together. We're helping each other be prudent, grow mm-hmm. in virtue, um, uh, so that the Lord can lead us uh, into uh, into the the lives he wants us to lead. And so, again, with that in mind, you know, we've lo- lots of resources here. We've got an online community. You know, if you're uh, uh, someone who's thinking about becoming Catholic or asking questions like this is the place for you, mm-hmm. you know, go visit chnetwork.org um, and uh, we've, again, we've got lots of resources answering your questions about the Catholic faith, different apologetic issues, different things you might be wrestling with. Um, but this show is about in the midst of that, mm-hmm. wherever people are in their journeys. This show is about you know wherever we are, we have to continue day to day walking with Jesus Christ. Yeah, you, you
0: mentioned like people in the network are on the, all on different you know places on the journey, and that that includes that includes people who are Catholic. Yeah. I mean that that includes all of us. We're all yes. <laughs> we're all just you know, taking one step, hopefully one step closer to home. Right. Um, every day. And so, you know, it's not like we've, not like either of us has arrived, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, we're, we're, uh, we've just, we've, we're talking a lot, a lot, about at the show. We were kind of discussing with each other, sort of our own particular struggles this last week. You yeah. know, what yeah. are those? And it's like none, none of us have arrived, and that's, yeah, that's uh, definitely going to be wrapped up in what we're talking about in today. Totally.
1: So yeah, so I just I wanted to give that reminder again, as always. Here, that's the context for this, and so again, we welcome you to this show. We welcome you to the network. Uh, and again, wherever you are in your journey, keep going, keep praying, and mm-hmm. keep growing with Christ, and we, we trust as Christians that He'll He'll uh, continue to lead us. So we've been talking a lot about prudence. This is, I think, our fourth episode, and and I think we'll probably put a little bit of a pin in prudence for now. After this episode, we're going to sure. try to wrap it up a little bit for now. We'll be coming back to it many times, but we we've focused a lot of time on it precisely because it is this keystone virtue uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the moral life, and um, we've been exploring some of the reasons why. You know, in in our last couple episodes, we really focus on how prudence, uh, as a virtue, which is again as a habit of soul, that's what a virtue is, uh, an important aspect of prudence, which really connects with so many so many uh, uh, exhortations to us in Scripture, is this this conversion, this turning back towards reality. Yeah. Wherever we find ourselves, whatever our passions are doing, whatever preferences or fears or things we have, uh, the habit of prudence is the habit of always trying to turn back to try to see things as they are Hmm. and to try to be in the, you pointed out a couple episodes ago to going to that, entering that place of silence in your heart Hmm. where God dwells in a special way. Hmm. We want to, we want to go to that place. We want to be there and we only want to act and speak from that place. Um, that place of being in the presence of God and of reality.
0: That's a really nice way of putting it. I never really hadn't really thought of it that way before, but how, uh, when we when we do things imprudently, especially when it's the type of imprudence that that sort of just reacts in a given situation, you know, reacts out of kind of experience of fear, yeah, or uh, or even just of desire and everything without really considering it, considering you know the reality and mm-hmm. then what is our duty and what is the right response to that reality, it's we can almost feel that action come from anywhere but that place in our heart, right? Because it's like it's it's it. The word centering has a little bit of I know like kind of it can be it it has a history to it and so I I use it just I use it in a very well I I use it in a very secular sense kind of like you know but of literally like when when we kind of step back in prudence and try to observe reality you know rightly and then what is the right response we in a sense are are. Basically, centering ourselves in ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, of basically stepping back from just being out there in our thoughts yeah. to that place of you know that place in our heart, you know, that place in our mind and heart, yeah. and saying, okay, you know, God, what
1: what do I do? You know, yeah. so, re- re- recollection is maybe a term that that comes off, you know, yeah. collecting yourself. You you mm-hmm. often find yourself scattered and worrying about yeah. like Martha worrying about many things. You know, there's a there, there's this need to make a habit of bringing yourself back. Placing yourself like Mary in the presence of Jesus Mm -hmm. again, and only from that place, going back out to to work and to pray and to act and to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, from that place.
0: We talked in the past about the phrase, coming to one's senses.
1: I love that we, we I feel like I mean, we, I, could did we do, talk
0: about it on this show or did we just talk think. about it ourselves? We, we,
1: no, we talked about it in, in a separate okay. conversation. But yeah, it's another That's one of a these. fascinating, yeah. It's one of these longstanding human idioms that sounds so familiar, but when you actually dig into it, yeah, there's so much there. Yeah, mm-hmm. to, to collect your senses or to collect yourself or to yeah. come to your senses. Yeah. It means you might be living out here, right. but it's All like, no, things. where am I? Yeah. I'm still alive. I'm still okay. I can take a deep breath. I can recognize that God is still God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he still got the whole world in his hands. Like it's it's a very spiritual, it's a very uh, scriptural right. sort of a notion. You know? Yeah,
0: and I to, to connect like you know, kind of prevailing wisdom, you know, yeah. in the world these days with our spirituality, which mm-hmm. which many in many ways we 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 should be trying to uh, you know reconcile right. those things because God is. Not just the God of like this pocket universe over here that sort of involves us in our spirituality, but he's the God of all things, physical things, mind, body, soul, all that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, when my, my little watch every once in a while will tell me to breathe and I'm just uh, like going to brush it off, uh, you know, like, I don't <laughs> need to do that, you know. But what it's reminding me to do is it's reminded me to kind of bring myself from all the out here to to my senses you yeah. know to experience my breathing to 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 experience that inhale and all that stuff to bring myself from all the out here that I've been wrapped up in all the day bring myself back to kind of the center and just to be to come to my senses yeah. and then in that way to become more intentional
1: about right. where I go from there you yeah. know and be still and know that I am that oh, you know yeah. and that's yeah. what's going on there yeah. So again, we we're t- talking about prudence and we're going we're gonna to try to wrap off a few things today here, but we want to read a couple quotes from wisdom yeah. here. Again, love, why love are we starting uh, this long discussion, many discussions on, on the practicalities of our Christian life? You know, given all the doctrine, given all that we believe, all the scripture, what do we actually do? when I get up in the morning and in my day and in my week, that's the conversation here. And we were beginning it with a, this conversation on virtue, uh, mm-hmm. uh, precisely because it gives us the vocabulary and the structure, I think, to to take what we learn about our Lord, what we learn from scripture and actually figure out where are the footholds in my life to begin to make a change or to, to do things differently. And we had a, well, I had a quote from wisdom, but you had one too. Maybe
0: I don't know which one's get you. you. Want to go first? I'll read my because mine was mine's short. First. Yeah,
1: I was just looking. I was looking at some of the places where Scripture mentions prudence, and one thing I wanted to share with you first. This is Wisdom, uh, chapter eight, verses seven, uh, and I, I I noticed that I, I wasn't actually sure. Uh, leading to this discussion, mm-hmm. all the virtues show up throughout Scripture. But I wasn't sure if they ever showed up as the list of the cardinal virtues. Interesting. They actually do. I hadn't hadn't alighted on this before. But this is Wisdom, chapter 8, verse 7. And if anyone loves righteousness, her labors are virtues. For she teaches self-control, another word for temperance, and prudence, justice, and courage. Nothing in life is more profitable for men than these.
0: Nothing in life is more profitable for men than these.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And again, it, it it precipitates that or the context of that is, um, and if anyone loves righteousness, well, we want to love righteousness. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God loves righteousness throughout scripture. I mean, God, he he is uh, righteous and just mm-hmm. and he, he desires that for us. I mean, throughout scripture, the Lord loves the just man. Mm-hmm. He desires that for us. And we're going to dig into the virtue of justice a bit more yeah, later. For sure. But for now, again, like... The, Virtue is precisely about walking with God and about allowing ourselves, cooperating with God so that He can transform us into who He intends us to be.
0: Exactly what you were talking about earlier, another scripture verse we can bring out. Um we can bring up that that kind of gives us, you know, what is essential, what is the main thing, what is the most important stuff in life, you know. Yeah. And we have uh Micah, you know, six eight. Um uh, He has told you, O mortal, what is good? What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, just such a, one of those verses that's easy to sort. it's easy easy to memorize and yes. should be memorized, You know, and yeah. I can do better at memorizing it myself, should be memorized because um, there is so much there. And the more mm-hmm. that you go through life— uh it's, it's not one of those verses you memorize and, and then it's like, oh, yes, now I have that. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's, yeah. no, it's, it's it's like, you know, uh, it's like the verse from Proverbs of of uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean on, on your own understanding of all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Where yeah. as you go through life, that verse continuously will yeah. develop, you know, in terms of your own understanding of life and yourself and your relationship with God and everything. And something as simple as that verse from Micah just yeah. really holds in it. So much of what we talked about when it comes to prudence, yeah. um, and that we're going to probably talk about a little bit more today when mm-hmm. it comes to some
1: of the, the specific,
0: what what do they call it again? the you know well, I mean? the perfections the of perfections prudence. of prudence. Yeah, yeah so that's that's, right.
1: that's what we thought what we'd turn right. to today is to kind of wrap up for now our discussion of the virtue mm-hmm. of prudence. But that um again, it's prudence is this necessary keystone, this necessary portal to the rest of the virtues. Um, and we, we've begun on the path of prudence simply by recognizing what it is, recognizing its connection to, uh, to our perception of reality, to our conversion to, to reality, to being the presence of God. We've explored that a little bit, and so all of us in small ways have been uh, practicing prudence to some degree. But it's a habit. It's a, it's a virtue, so it's something we grow in. Um, and uh, again, uh, Joseph Pieper, uh, mm. the, the author we're drawing from, drawing from St. Thomas Aquinas uh, and the other scholastics, the other fathers of the church, um, uh, describes uh, some of the perfections, like what it looks like when prudence, as you grow in it, what that what that looks like when it's operating uh, fully. Uh, and mm-hmm. so we were going to dig in. There's four in particular. There, there are four perfections that we were going to uh, dig in today. A- and we're, what we wanted to do is also try to tie each of those perfections to as- practical aspects of our Christian life mm-hmm. so that we can see some of the practical ways we, we, we try to grow in this virtue. You know, we know theoretically what prudence is, and we we we, we use it whether we knew it or, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe we've been more consciously using it uh, and engaging it. But I, I think we can dig a, a bit more deeply into what what are the what are the structures and the routines and the aspects of our life whereby we more consciously engage and grow in the perfections of this this all important virtue. Mm-hmm. As we talked about, I think it was last time. You know, prudence has a cognitive uh, and an imperative element. So there's the yeah. the deliberation and the judgment is the kind of the cognitive element, and then there's the the imperative, the the decision. You know, making a plan, really getting down to brass tacks, actually doing the thing is the is the imperative aspect of it. On that cognitive side, you know, the aspect of prudence whereby we're we're perceiving reality rightly, there are three particular uh, perfections of prudence mm-hmm. that Joseph Pieper talks about. And I'll I'll give them here, but we'll we'll dig into them one by one. And so those three uh, perfections, uh, he writes, the attitude of silent contemplation of reality. This is the key prerequisite for the perfection of prudence as cognition, which perfection in turn involves three elements, namely, memoria, docilitas, and solertia. So memoria, docilitas, and solertia. Mm-hmm. Three Latin words. They may not be super helpful, you know. Well, let's begin with the first one. <laughs>
0: well, so because they're Latin, we were trying to debate about this before the thing, or <laughs> not debate because we were just like I don't really yeah, know, yeah. but in terms of because they're Latin, we're like, hmm, how do we pronounce these things, you oh, know? Yeah. And so Celercia, Salertia, you know. I'll so a Latin speller um, on here. What that should tell you is we're doing this live. Uh, in the <laughs> sense of in the sense of not not truly live, but in many ways, I feel very, you know, kind of inadequate to discuss a lot of these things. And so we're, we're discussing them because we're trying to discover that wisdom
1: ourselves, yeah. you know. Well, and it's a but, good reminder yeah. to like, we never present ourselves on here as experts. No. You know, we're—that's precisely the nature of this show is that, again, as a community, as a coming home network, as brothers, uh, as fellow Christians, brothers and sisters— we all recognize we're in the same boat here, yeah. that today, as, as you read from Micah, today, what does God ask of us? Mm-hmm. Well, to just be as prudent as we can, you know, what's the right next step that we can take? You know? mm-hmm. so, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, he writes, Memoria, memory, here means more than the capacity for recollection, which we have, so to speak, by nature, nor has it anything to do with, the, with any nemno-technical capacity not to forget. The good memory which enters into the perfection of prudence means nothing less than true-to-being mm. memory. Mm. So, again, what what has what he said there? It, it's not just referring to the fact that humans have this capacity to remember things. It's also not meaning that to be prudent you have to uh, build a mind palace and, mm-hmm. and do these you know these fancy techniques for trying to remember every single little thing. That, that's not what it's talking about. But what it means is that part of the habit uh, of, of a perfected prudence means that you make a habit in your life of, of trying to um, uh, have this true-to-beingness of memory. Okay, we, we, you talked about the example of a car crash a couple mm-hmm. episodes ago. Ah, you know, the good old car crash. The good old car. Let's go back to the car let's crash. Let's go back to the car crash, <laughs> car crash gentlemen. After yeah. it's happened, especially if in the moment we, haven't, we have not succeeded in being prudent in the mm-hmm. sense of turning to the reality and just being honest, like this mm-hmm. is what happened. Well, the further we get from that thing, if we allow ourselves sometimes... We can begin to sort of retroactively, selectively decide what we remember about yes. a situation in life.
0: Yeah, it's yes. pretty pretty known thing in like yeah. uh, uh, in 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 like forensics, you yeah. know, investigation yeah. type of things. That people are not always going to be very good at remembering those details. Yeah. That there's there tends to be kind of a wide variety, you know, of even people even people who aren't. You know, don't necessarily have a reason to think badly of things, right, but right, there's, right. you know, there's just a tendency to kind of think. And so, so even more so mm. when we, you know, push by kind of a desire for a certain outcome or a or fear, fear of another outcome, when we're sort of pushed to like, ah, well, maybe it was, was it kind of like this? I don't know. it, it, it it looks like maybe, maybe it was kind of like this, yeah. right? Was it really 10 seconds? Or, you know, like that, was it? it was more like five seconds, right? Yeah, no, it was yeah, more yeah. like two seconds. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you know, whatever we happen to be talking about. It's just, you know, we can kind of whittle yeah. ourselves into kind of even imagining it a certain yeah. way and remembering it a certain way because we
1: allow our desire to sort of dictate mm-hmm. that narrative. And, and just like with lies we tell other people, Ugh. As you tell lies to yourself, if you tell and retell a lie or a half truth, yes, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep, you know that that story you tell yourself gets more and more disconnected from reality, the longer mm. it goes unchallenged. Yeah. You know, so
0: obviously, uh, you know, ne- ne- never reveal anything particular about you know um, sure. uh, confession. Sometimes we in, in confession. Um, uh, I know I've done it some of my t- stuff sometimes, and you know, I know a lot of yeah. other people do it, where it's like you come and you're just like, man, I can't really remember anything. Mm. Now, on one hand, we could just say, like, that's just because we're, none of us are very good at remembering things, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but on another hand, what that can be for us is kind of an, in, uh, it, w- it reveals sort of a lack of. Of really looking at our past Mm -hmm. with any sort of sort of with with sort of objective memory, because when one like if one especially at the end of your day, you know we we actually look back and we have this real honest kind of conversation with ourselves about whether we did well that day. A lot of days, like there's some things that hit us pretty hard, Mm -hmm. you know. in terms of saying, like, wow, I did this again and again and again, you know? Right. And those are things where it's like, yeah, you can forget those in the moment when you yeah. can confession, but a lot of times we, it's not that we're, we've forgotten what we came to say mm-hmm. as much as it is we didn't really... We we've been kind of maybe failing with the memoria aspect of yeah. life, of actually being honest with ourselves about the things in life, yeah. about actually looking at our at
1: our memory honestly. We've you know? let something go, and we've become sort of numb, numb to, to it. Numb to it, yep. you know, so that it's actually not registering as something important in our mind. Mm. Whereas, you know, we need to be moving in the other direction. Where no sin is a big deal. Mm. You know, even small sins are a big deal. Yeah. You know, and they're not a reason to despair, but they are a reason to say, you know, Lord. Have mercy, and I yep. need to take action on this yep. thing. We
0: talked about another scripture passage of Jesus talking about the, the uh, giving giving the story of the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how objectively look from the outside, the Pharisee's life is probably cleaner, you know, in the sense mm-hmm. of like he's probably not committing as big a sins right. as the tax collector. Mm-hmm. But what Jesus is trying to point us out there is is really kind of a memorial aspect, you know. Is really saying that when they're kind of looking at their lives, like, sure, what 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 are they looking at when they're bringing to what are they coming before God? Yeah. You know, uh, the Pharisee, while probably doesn't have as many, you know, big perhaps big huge kind of out there sins in his life, big, yeah. still when he, yeah, quote unquote, big. When he comes before God, what he's what he then is going to look at though is not how, is not is not that that kind of dark space that we all need to face of living in the constant I am imperfect mm-hmm. and need to continue growing, but a basis to be kind of being content and saying like I, I all right I'm I'm good yeah. you know and there's there's no real where else to go. Well, yeah. um, while the tax collector is recognizes that he 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 recognizes that. Um, uh, he recognizes imperfection, and he comes with forgotten humility. Yeah. Now, one of the things that we also talked about was our tendency is to hyper-swing between those two spaces, mm, mm-hmm. right? You know, hyper-swing between, I'm kind of good, I think everything's good, and sort of being afraid to look at like that, you know, to kind of remember correctly right. our life. Yeah. And then the, oh my gosh, I am just terrible. Like, yeah. I am an awful person, I'm the worst person in the world and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's... They may both be temptations. They may both be temptations. You know, temptations away from memoria. Yeah. Right. Um, and oftentimes it's it's having to sit, it, it's of constant, consistently, you know, prudence would be consistently trying to, uh, consistently sitting in that middle discomfort of saying, I am imperfect and remembering our life. Honestly, not yeah. not not crazy, dramatically overly bad, or mm-hmm. you know, like or dramatically overly good. But I'm just trying to remember what what is, yeah. you know, ab- about my life, uh, about the things that I've done, and 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 sitting in that, accepting the mercy of God into that, saying I am, am am imperfect. I'm trying to make steps forward, but I I live in that little that that constant kind of imperfection. Yeah, and I'm not going to be able to change it all today. Yeah. You know, but. Gotta take steps forward. You know,
1: so. again, I think this is such an interesting uh, notion here, this memoria, because I think we we have this tendency to maybe think that the way that memory works. And again, we're not neuroscientists, but I've I've heard people discuss this before that we tend to think that the way memory works is it just it just makes this this carbon copy of everything we do, and mm-hmm. we just have all that data in there. When in reality, no, memory works by you're forgetting most of what you experience. Oh, that's, yeah, right. At that's any given point. moment, your your mind. Your brain is is filtering out ninety, well, some percent, some large percentage of what you're experiencing. You know all the sensations on every bit of your body that's touching your clothes right now. It's kind of buggy you now. You know, it's filtering that out so you can focus on what you're focusing on. So, you know, memory is not just a a matter of I have all this stuff in my head of what happened. Your memory is affected by the way you live your life. Mm -hmm. And so, if you, if again, if you're, if you're practice, if, if you're not practicing prudence. You become this person who, both in the immediate experience as well as in your your mental record of, of what you've experienced, it's a constant falsification. It's a constantly building a bigger narrative, a mm-hmm. bigger lie that you live in. Whereas, again, in the opposite direction, if you're part of practicing prudence here and working towards a perfect prudence in cooperation with God here, is that, no, we want to live in such a way that both in the moment as well as over time, we, we are trying to craft a true-to-being memory mm-hmm. you know so a, a real practical example here we've mentioned this spiritual practice that ignatius and others talk about of making a daily examine mm-hmm. that's what it's called and and, and it could take many formats but a basic format that i've i've heard recommended i think this is based on ignatius Is you get to the end of the, your day and you you go into prayer you place you put yourself in the presence of god and you start first by um uh, by by, by pra- praising god you mm-hmm. know um, and And then recognizing first your blessings, looking back through your day, like where was God at work in my life today? Mm -hmm. What were the good, what were the real, because that's a part of memory too. It's not just remembering my sins, like what really happened? Mm -hmm. And it's not, again, it's not every tiny jot and tittle. It's sort of like, what was the point of this day? Because God was doing something. What Mm -hmm. was it? You know, what are all the blessings? Maybe the blessings I I didn't take, uh, I took for granted. And then uh, then moving to uh, a prayer for now, Lord, help me to see, and that's an important piece of this too, that if we want to see things clearly, we need to ask for the grace for that. So mm-hmm. that's a part of this too. Praying, Lord, help me see the ways that I failed. And then and then it's making an examination, looking through my day. Where were those actual moments where I where I failed to be prudent, where I, I, I saw the right... I either was going through my life um, thoughtlessly or I knew what I, I should have done or I knew the best thing I should have been doing and I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Like we want to look for those things. And so part of... I mean, that's a good practice for all sorts of reasons. But one of the reasons it's good is that precisely we're practicing memoria. We're practicing mm-hmm. that you're, a true-to-being memory is like a garden. You have you have to cultivate. Yeah. You know. You, you're going to let the you're either going to let the weeds of your own you know uh, rationalizations and lies going to crop up to 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 uh, clutter it up, or you're going to you're cultivate it. You're going to say, no, I want to see what God's doing in my life. I want to see the blessings He's given me. I want to see the ways that I've fallen short. So that I can, accurate, from that accurate picture, mm-hmm. uh, I can I can live my life going forward.
0: Yeah, yeah you know, really, uh, I, th- I think kind of an image that sort of, <laughs> uh, that we've probably all had an experience of. Or if we haven't had experience of it, it's because we've really, really not wanted to have an experience of it. And so we've avoided it all our life. Yeah. It's a pretty unanimous thing that most people in life... Hate seeing a recording of themselves, right? <laughs> you know, they, they whether it's their voice or their their uh, yeah. or their whole body. You know, or their, you know viewing or yeah. video. Uh, we hate that. Yeah. Because partially, it's because we come face to face with that weird sense of the fact that our memory is not perfect. You uh, know that our perception of reality is not. It might perfect. challenge it a little bit. You challenge it. But the funny thing is that we our tendency is just to not. Is to kind of push it away, right? It's mm-hmm. just like I, I'm not even going to touch it. Yeah. But that that has its own kind of temptation of either of, of w- if we have a tendency to maybe think that it was really good or really yeah. bad or whatever, we're challenged when we have to go back and kind of watch it. Yeah. But the challenge That's is the also point. the hmm. challenge is also in the fact that usually when we watch it, it's not quite as bad as we thought. Right. Like if we actually face up to it, it's not quite as bad as we thought. But it does give us very concrete. This is the thing you could do better it yeah. tends to be you know yeah. and that's that's the kind of scary thing because on one hand if we just think you know actually it was pretty good without like look, looking at it or it was terrible mm-hmm. what what what's lacking in both of those things mm-hmm. is kind of a concrete step forward that yeah. we can take you yeah. know um they're both sort of comfortable and in, in one sense and they're just sort of like in their perception of the past even though it's yeah. they're kind of false but what that reality gives us is a very concrete and
1: prudent kind of next step forward. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's another reason why we, uh, I think all of us, have a difficult time most of the time with like asking other people for input. Yeah, like because we don't honestly most of the time want to hear it, right. you know. And, and like it's complicated, you know, right. getting input from other people that involves actually involves the next. Per- I was about to say, per say per we're, we're actually going into but, the next part. Yeah, but but the so. reason that we don't even generally ask is because. Um, we may get information that challenges yes our perception yep. you know and it doesn't mean that that another person's uh, input is perfectly true either mm-hmm. you know their their evaluation of us and our situation is not going to be perfect either right. but generally there's going to be something there that's going to maybe say oh you know what i there's some piece of this mm-hmm. that i need to attend to and maybe see a little differently mm-hmm. you know so
0: yeah i uh you know given homilies every week right mm-hmm. so i my preference because of I, I hope it's with a because of a proper level of understanding in myself, mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. just because I don't want to like be discomfortable. But you know, priests are different places on whether you you know to preach from the pulpit or the preach down below, or to preach with notes or not preach with notes, and it, a lot yeah. I, a lot of it comes down to what you can do, you yeah. know, what what you are able to do best. Um, me, I preach from the pulpit, pretty pretty almost always, except for like kids' masses. I tend to like come down for school masses. I preach from the pulpit and I preach from a text. Now, part of that is because I, gr- having grown up and done a bunch of theater stuff, mm-hmm. I have generally have the ability to be able to preach from a text in such a way that doesn't necessarily seem like I'm preaching from a text. Sure. So I have this strength. But another big reason that is a weakness of mine in one sense, is that if I don't preach from a text, I tend to just run my mouth. (laughs) And I will say things that I will not remember saying Mm. at all. And I have gone back and watched videos of myself when I've preached, you know, without a text. Like, I have no recollection of saying that at all. Hopefully it was the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right, yeah, like, hopefully. Sometimes you're like, I don't know if I committed a heresy per se, but man, I was tiptoeing the line, you know? And so... I, I recognize that it's that it is so important to what I you know, it can be mm-hmm. so important when I say up there it can affect people enough that I wanna be pretty clear about yep. what I'm gonna say. Yeah. So I so that's why I preach from a text because I know I have a tendency to kind of just say right. things like that's
1: that. That's self knowledge there, you know. Right.
0: But it, it it is funny. It demonstrates though, like gonna go back and I have watched some of those things, uh, some yeah. of those videos where I'm just like, I my memory my memory was not perfect of those things. And that that's part of the self knowledge for me is just yeah. sort of is, is trying to remember to have that humility about my own memory so like sometimes yeah. you know when you know encounter in the office or something you know people, someone says oh like you you said this to me or you said you know you said you had this thing you know um, mm-hmm. you said that you had this thing that you wanted to give me or uh, or you you told me to do it this way yeah. sometimes for me I'm like no I didn't you know yeah. other times for most of the time I try to step back and say my memory maybe I fall right. here right.
1: Which, again, that in itself is is a, there's sort of levels here, you know, recognizing about yourself, oh, my memory is, is faulty. It's faulty. That's a good, important bit of self-knowledge, yeah. rather than doubling down and saying, no, my oh, memory is yeah. perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's interesting, too, I think, the you know, it reminds me of the, the you know, the, the philosopher's uh, exhortation, know thyself. know thyself. You know, prudence is about turning to reality, you know, and, and okay, what is, what is reality? Where do we access reality? Well you know we as christians we recognize we have sacred scripture that's one Mm -hmm. divine source of revelation and reality that we have we have the teachings of the church the tradition passed on to us um but then you know the 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 other main font of reality we turn to is our experience Mm. and again that's what memoria is about you know we're not responsible for crafting or or necessarily interpreting the sacred scripture like that's that's God's gift to us, His gift to the church, to the community. That's something we can we can receive mm-hmm. and process. But our our experience, you know, the story that God writes in our life, that is our particular task to examine, to reflect on, and to to cultivate, trying to see what's God what God has He done and what have I done, mm-hmm. you know? Because we we need to have that accurate self knowledge, both of God's mercy and His grace and His work in our lives. But also the ways that we've actually fallen short so that we can actually um, repent and, and make different choices. That way so the really first one was memoria. It. Now the yeah. next one is uh, docilitas, is what he calls it. He writes A No man is altogether self sufficient in matters of prudence. Without docilitas, there is no perfect prudence. Docilitas, however, is of course not the docility and the simple-minded zealousness of the good pupil. Rather, what is meant is the kind of open-mindedness which recognizes the true variety of things and situations to be experienced and does not cage itself in any presumption of deceptive knowledge. What is meant is the ability to take advice, sprung not from any vague modesty, but simply from the desire for real understanding.
0: There's some really, like, there's a number of key pieces in there that I feel like we should discuss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So We'll go for it. Pick well, one. first of all, like... Okay. The so syllogus. Let's just kind of try to go at it basically, sure. you know, not basically, but just in terms of what's what's the base kind of definition of it. Yeah. And it's it's basically yeah the it, it's it's uh the humility to honestly seek like wisdom in others. Yeah. You know, Fe- yeah. feedback in a sense. Um, to be a good pupil. Yeah. Uh, and and so in memoria, like we're sort of starting in ourselves of having the proper.
1: Uh, I'm gonna learn. We want to learn... Honestly from our experience.
0: Honestly from our experience. Yeah. And a is we want to learn honestly from others' experience, you know, in a sense. And to be able to say your experience can be... That my experience and my kind of wisdom is not necessarily all there is that, you know, to include another in sort of that process. But in terms of a couple of different pieces that that we can go into, one is... um, Let's talk about... Let's talk about the piece where he says the kind of open-mindedness which recognizes the true variety of things mm. and situations to be experienced, yeah. and does not cage itself in the presumptum of deceptive knowledge.
1: Yeah. All right. So what's what's going on there? Well, yeah. I mean, when I re- read that, what again comes to mind is that. So even if I am practicing prudence and mm. practicing memoria, you know, I am taking care in my life to try to see things, to, to see my experiences actu- accurately, and see what God's doing in my life. I also recognize that that's still all coming through my particular temperament, my mm. filter, my experience, and it's just it's just me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, humans are all so different. Mm. You know, uh, men and women, people of different temperament, different personalities. And, you know, we, uh, we're part of the body of Christ and the other members of that body experience uh, different graces than I do, different gifts of the Holy Spirit, different blessings in their life, different movements of God in their life. And um, to to to, uh, to limit uh, myself to only my experiences, not try to learn from another, um, uh, would be would be a faulty thing. Would be an unwise thing. I mean, we know mm-hmm. faith. Oft, you know, faith, as it says in scripture, comes through hearing. We mm-hmm. we often come to meet God through the testimony of another person, mm. through hearing their experiences. Um, and, and also, I, I think sometimes, and, and this is an, I think an important, important as- aspect of it, that I think think sometimes God. I don't want to say withholds grace, but he wants us to go to other people for help, hmm. for input. He he wants us to step out and say, you know what, I need help with this. You know, yeah. can can I have it? Can you give me advice? Yeah,
0: I mean, what would, what would be the point of? Or would there be any any uh, you know goodness, uh, any value to uh, intercessory prayer if God yeah. did not allow for that? You know, yeah. I mean, he chooses
1: to work that way, right? You know, yeah, in his wisdom. Yeah. He sort of for forces us to practice humility. I feel like the, the virtue of humility mm. is, is bound up with prudence, and particularly with this aspect of prudence, this docility, um, that we, without humility, we can't be truly prudent. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't humble ourselves to really receive reality. But one of the ways that God, that God forces us to practice humility is precisely by, like, we need other people. Yeah, We need their experiences. We need their insight. We need to ask for their input. We need to learn from them.
0: Yeah. yeah. One of the Newman, uh, St. John Cardinal Henry Newman, he um, who was known for a turn of phrase here or there <laughs> um he he had this way of explaining how i don't exactly i don't you know i don't remember exact context sure, of it perfect. you know exactly yeah. what he was talking about i think he was talking about god kind of you know in kind of our perception or our our understanding of god mm-hmm. in different ways how we depending on our temperament and everything we can kind of see different aspects yeah. of 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 god um, I would even say that it's, it's true when it comes to how we experience beautiful things in the world, that that each of us kind of has a different ability to experience beauty in different different ways and in different lights. But uh, he talks about how uh, oftentimes uh, when it comes to God, he's like an elephant being surrounded oh, by right. a bunch of blind
1: men, yeah. right? Yeah, the classic story, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like one guy feels the tail and another guy feels the ear and— that guy feels the trunk. And yeah. we can all be tempted to think that's what God is. Right. That's all there is, you know, um, rather than kind of sharing in, you know, in the experience of the others and trying to get, you know, more of the holistic picture. It seems that that is the way that God has deigned for things to work, that, yeah. you know, none of us is self-sufficient completely in that. And we all learn from each other's experience. We all learn from each other's Ability to to kind of uh, see a particular aspect, or, you know, quote unquote yeah. aspect of God.
1: Yeah, I, I love that it does. You it, it, it forces us to go outside of ourselves. It forces us to it, it guards us from relativizing uh,
0: mm-hmm. our
1: sense of what reality is. Yeah, you know right. that we we have, we evaluate all of what's real, what's true by my experience, my light, and it is such a it, it, such a healthy practice exercise to get out and say, how do you see this? Right. You know, uh, maybe because there, there's probably pieces of this that I've filled in the blanks with simply my own personality, right. what I want to be true, what I, yeah,
0: yeah, and so that I think there, there are kind of three, two, two or three different down, da- false ways of kind of relating to other people's experience, right? And sure. he, he sort of mentions that he, yeah. m- one of the things he talks about is, uh, docilitas is not the docility and the simple-minded zealousness of the good people. So, right. in relation to somebody's experiences, it's not just saying well, your experience must always trump mine yeah. in terms of kind of how I need to think of things. Yeah. It's not—one that one, one would call that kind of psychologically. would say that, that it's lacking a proper boundary between the understanding of self and and your uh, input from the other person. It's basically saying that I am completely determined, or I'm going to completely determine my self-image and my understanding of things by your input. Which is sort of a surrender um, of prudence. Which would be a surrender of prudence. Because I'm, right?
1: I'm no longer— being responsible for my thoughts right. and my actions like i'm yeah. just you just tell me what just to do. tell me yeah. like, so we can't what do that that's.
0: and that, that's kind of like there would be docility of a of uh that's the sort of docility that's that's only appropriate when it comes to us and god yeah. you know and, yeah. and uh um, but when it comes to others you know there needs a bit but there, there's also the well there's at least the other
1: extreme right of right. of rejecting another person's experience completely so you could implicitly accept everything another person says mm-hmm. in their direction uh, and surrender prudence that way, right. or you could completely re- like no, I it's only the way I see it. I mine is the only accurate perspective, and not learn anything from another person. Sure, there's the there's the explicit version of
0: that, mm-hmm. um, where it's like yeah, I just I don't want to hear what you have to say about the matter. But yeah. then there's also where he talks about the false humility way of looking at it, where mm-hmm. it's we sort of elicit want to elicit somebody else's experience of it but only insofar as it will reconfirm our own, right? right. So, it, you know, we, we've all experienced... I, I, I pulled up my favorite news station, and they told me exactly what I wanted to hear. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or the, or the, um, uh, you know, what did you think of my performance? It was great, wasn't it? Yes. You know, like, we're not actually... <laughs> what am I going to say, man? What are you going to say, man? You know, I was like... Yep. We're not actually looking for, like, honestly looking for... You know, and we, we've all experienced people who maybe... Fish for compliments, sure, you know, sure. and that—that's kind of what that is. You know, we're—we're we're not actually looking for their experience insofar as it's, you know, we're actually looking for real input. Yeah, we're just looking for reconfirmation of what we already "quote unquote" know. Right. But then there's a third one too, and it, you and I, I thought of it because you mentioned relativism. Is yeah. that there's also the way of kind of of encountering somebody else's experience, where the end result of that is well, your experience is yours and mine is mine and Uh, they don't need to interact. I mean, in the sense of just, you know, you kind of elicit somebody else's experiences as just something kind of interesting to kind of think about, but then it has no bearing on me and mine has no bearing on you. That's a really good
1: point, yeah. Yeah. And that's probably pretty common in our world today Mm -hmm. because there is this this lack of belief in or even a despair in that there being a reality, a truth that we can know, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so that, I mean, The the realist, you know, I think Mm -hmm. the honest, prudent person recognizes the balance there that, no, there is truth. My perception of it is always going to be faulty and imperfect. Mm -hmm. You know, so I seek it. I seek it in humility. I seek it with trust in God and asking God for his light. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also go to God's other people, other, other children of God and seek their perspective. And I try to, in the whole of that, taken in the whole, I try to see, okay, what's as best as I can apprehend it? What is the truth of things? Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I'm kind of amazed, uh, just my own my own self-experience today, <laughs> to mm. bring my own experience into it, yeah. sort of amazed just kind of coming up here, like, this entire week, you know, I was sort of wrapped up in my own sort of little world mm. and uh, just struggling with a lot of different things, you know, a lot of, kind of different stresses and stuff. And um, it was just really nice to kind of come up here and talk through yeah. some of this stuff because, for me, it was a really good experience where I was sort of able to step outside of my own experience for a little bit and just sort of get some advice about it from you and just talking to you about some of the things it it just in, in actually like I recognize in myself that I was actually approaching with a certain kind of like humbleness in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, where I talked about with you because I just, I felt sort of, I felt a little wretched you know, and I was like, I just, I really need to talk about this stuff. I really need to get an honest opinion from somebody else about mm-hmm. how to kind of balance these things that are going on in my life and right. you know, all these different things. And uh, I'm amazed by how you can step outside of that dark tunnel that we've yeah. talked about before, right? That tunnel where it just looks like there's uh, the the end. The, all you see is the light at the end, and you need to kind of step outside it to to kind of break out of that 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 temptation to just continue on, keep it on, keep it on, because that's all your experience has told you can happen. Yeah. But to be able to, you know, kind of elicit that in dustcellitus, elicit, you know, ex- experience uh, wisdom from another person, and that you can sort of break outside of that, uh, those narrow confines that you've, you've thought were the only, the only answer. But, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, uh, you can, as it says in, uh, as it says in Tobit, the book of Tobit. Mm. Uh, chapter four, verse eighteen: Seek advice from every wise man, and from do not every despise. Wise uh, did not despise. What does it say? Useful counsel. So you're, you you're very welcome. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Actually, Perfect. one of the great things about about Dasilitas is that I think, as you were describing, it doesn't necessarily, certainly, as it says, seek out um, input from every wise man. Mm. But even if, if if there's not a wise man available, <laughs> a, a half wise or, or or dimwitted man will suffice. Because <laughs> yeah. even just to get it out there and talk it over with someone. Again, we, we're often surprised by what the Holy Spirit will do mm-hmm. through someone. Maybe we weren't expecting anything profound. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it's there, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it happens with my kids. You know, oh my gosh, yeah. they say the thing I needed to hear and I'm like, dang it.
0: <laughs> That's like the ultimate humility, right? Is yep. to receive, and I can't remember I've ever read about this from a saint or so, or yeah. maybe, it was, maybe it was in scripture as well, but like the, ugh, gosh, such an ultimate humility for us is to receive that wisdom from a source that we don't, Think of as worthy, yeah. you know. It's yeah. like some, some. It's easy for us to see like someone we idolize and to receive wisdom from them. But right. when it's someone whose insufficiencies that have become very clear to us, you know, yeah. it's like to receive wisdom from them,
1: is uh, is difficult, right? And it's so important. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know. that's uh the Christian docility uh, yeah. is open to to wisdom wherever it comes. Yes. You know? even when God chooses to speak to us through unexpected places. You know? right. Right. Well, we thought we were going to wrap this up nice and tight and put a nice little bow on, on prudence, but we have a couple more perfections of prudence to discuss. Hmm. So we better break and come yeah, back next week point. And, and finish them off. So we're, we'll come back next week and we're going to talk about this other perfection of the cognitive aspect of prudence, which is salertia. And maybe between now and then we'll figure out if we're pronouncing it properly. Salertia, salertia. Salertia. It depends on... Yeah. Anyway, the point is... Um, Ecclesiastical Latin? It's a, it's a really fascinating perfection. And again, like like with these two, it really lends itself to looking at some um, aspects of our day-to-day life where we can be pr- pr- uh, priming the pump to be more prudent and to mm-hmm. practice uh, practice the virtue. Um, as well as uh, Providencia, which we'll look at that as well. So once again, thanks for joining us for this program. Maybe let, let's end with uh, maybe another bit of, of wisdom you had. Sure.
0: You know. We can always end uh, you know end things in, in wisdom and prayer yeah. and uh, no better place to go than the book of wisdom, right? So, there we go. Yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Reading from the book of wisdom, chapter six. Resplendent and unfading is wisdom. And she is readily perceived by those who love her, and found by those who seek her. She hastens to make herself known to those who desire her. One who watches for her at dawn will not be disappointed. For you she will be found sitting at the gate. For setting your heart on her is the perfection of prudence. And whoever keeps vigil for her is quickly free from care. Glory be to the Father, and
1: to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father Peter. Uh, And and thank you for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. Once again, this is a production of the Coming Home Network. We're a network of uh, people who have embraced full communion with the Catholic Church, as well as others who are thinking of doing so, or asking questions. Uh, And we're here to to support one another in the Christian journey. And so, again, whether your part of the journey is to ask those questions, to, to figure out, you know, is the Church Uh, Who she says she is We've got resources for that We've got a community for that Um, But Wherever you are In that journey Obviously Together we have to continue uh, Walking with Christ every day And so that's what this show is about We hope you'll You'll stick around And be with us again next week So God bless We'll see you next week